Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Going deep for Ayuk and a fingertip grab inside the 25. Down at the 22-yard line, Marco Wilson and Jalen Thompson combined on the stop after a 41-yard gain. Now, back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett, Alan Stiles, and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Overtime continues here on 95.7 The Game. No Allen Styles today. He'll be back next week for Sunday Night Football, Niners and Cowboys. For now, though, it's... Skip the easy games. It skips, yeah, it skips the Cardinals. What a jerk. Yeah, come on, Allen. Celebrating your friends getting married. Oh, Big on. deal. Who cares? Niners, Cardinals is a bigger deal. But yeah, Allen will be back next week <laughs> for Sunday Night Football, Niners and Cowboys. 4-0 Niners, 3-1 Cowboys. Looking forward to that one already. Got what looks like a, a sleeper on Sunday Night Football this week. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs out in front of the Jets, What'd seventeen to nothing. Yeah, it's exactly what we all expected, I think. Every quarterback but one in that draft class sucks. Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, everyone but one. <laughs> Jones, Wilson, Lance, Fields, they're all bad. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been very good this year. They got a win today in London, which is the Jaguars' second home. The play, did you know they're playing consecutive games in London? I like that. They played this week in London and next week in London. But that's kind of nice, though. You get to rest up, no worry of, got to go back home. And They usually give them the bye week. Yeah. But now you get two games in London. Cross the pond over there. Going to have some fun. <laughs> and then you're going to get a bye week most likely then come back home. It feels like it's almost like an extended vacation. Yeah, you get a little bit more time Experience to go and, you know, the world. sightseeing and, yeah, all that. But, uh... The, see Big Ben? Yeah. The, nice. The non-football Big Ben. You can see him, too. You can invite him out Maybe there. Maybe he's over there. Who knows? He's a lot of places. <laughs> but, yeah, Niners win today. They knock off the Arizona Cardinals. 35-16 to 16 is the final score. No Allen today. It's Grandy and Sterling with you. 888-957-9570. That's the number to join the program. It's also the Comcast Business text line. And we're keeping an eye on the Twitch and YouTube chats. Powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Sterling, I want to talk a little bit about Brandon Ayuk. You just heard a highlight. It was a, a fingertip catch by Ayuk. That was one instance of a not perfect throw by Brock Purdy today, which was few and far between. He was 20 for 21 today. That one, Purdy let it fly deep down the field. I'm not sure exactly what he was looking at, what he saw, because Ayuk was double covered. He was covered perfectly by a couple of Cardinals. Maybe this was purposeful, but pretty underthrew it. What happens when you underthrow a receiver down the field? The defensive backs tend to not have eyes on the ball immediately. It allows your receiver to kind of react to the ball while the rest of you know the defense is running past the ball and it right. turned into a catch. I don't know if, if that was the plan for Purdy or, or whatever the situation is, but long story short, a great play adjusting to a, a ball by Ayuk. He finishes with six for 148, nearly 25 yards per catch for Brandon Ayuk today. <laughs> Did not find the end zone, had a 42-yard catch, but six for 148. He was incredible. We weren't totally sure this week if he was going to play. Remember, he was he's been shaken up 
in and out uh, throughout the season so far through four weeks, but he came back today and was phenomenal. Six for 148. It just seemed like on a play action, on a boot for Purdy, he was always the man wide open down the field. And what did Purdy do? He let it rip over and over and over. Six for 148. Ayuk is quickly developing into one of the better receivers in this league. We have a saying on the night show, or previously known night show here, was let Jimmy jack it. <laughs> Brock Purdy today jacked it three times. 42 yards, 34 yards, and 25 yards. If you're going to say, you're going to call him Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy jacked it today all over the field. In fact... <laughs> Jimmy jacket. <laughs> see, there you go, Dan Devone. There you go. But no, you're right. Uh. Brandon Ayuk... He has emerged as Brock Purdy's number one receiver. And I think last year you saw the chemistry with Kittle and said that's that right there is going to be the tandem next year. Well, in fact, Kittle's only had one game of over, what, four catches that was against the Giants last week, had seven for 90. Yeah. It feels like Brandon Ayuk every single game is Purdy's number one target. Now it's probably because Ayuk's such a good route runner. It can be open on these easy slant passes for Purdy. But even on deep passes where you like to think you want your bigger your, your, your bigger body receiver downfield, he's giving it to Ayuk, who's pretty slim now. He's a dog with, with mentality-wise, but it feels like that Brock Purdy's like, you know what? I'm going to go with Tom Brady on you. Randy Moss is down there somewhere. Ayuk is down there somewhere. And it feels like when Purdy gets you know a, a little confident, feels like now is the time to take a chance. It's always Brandon Ayuk. And so far this year... I know he hasn't played one game, really didn't play in the Rams game as well, but through, what, two games so far, Ayuk looks like this team's top target again. And just the plays he's made, not the numbers, the plays he's made continue to make me want to say he's an elite receiver in football. Well, Ayuk, the two really full games he's played, week one and week four, you mentioned he was in and out of the lineup. Uh, two weeks ago in week two against the Rams had three catches for 43 but he was in and out and didn't play on the Thursday night game week three against the Giants so the two games that he's played start to finish week one and week four in those two games eight for 129 and two touchdowns that was against the Steelers and then today six for 148 so in the two games where he's played a complete game (laughs) Let's see, I can do the math in my head. 14 catches for 277 yards in those two games. Is that good? Kind of. Okay. Yeah, it's all right. Like all pro level good, maybe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... he He's becoming, again, one of the best wide receivers in this league. And now, suddenly, you have a potent enough offense that's putting up points where you are going to get to a level if you are you can if you are healthy throughout an entire season you play 15 games 16 games whatever the number is going to be for Ayuk the offense is scoring enough points they're moving the ball enough again stats whatever it only really matters for you know awards and numbers all that. are for losers mark I mean wins is what matters <laughs> right but exactly but this offense is reaching a level where they're scoring 30 a game yeah. their quarterback is throwing for nearly 300 a game you're getting to a point sterling where Ayuk is going to be the number one receiving option on one of the best offenses in the league invariably he's going to have some of the best numbers of all receivers in the league do you think or is there fear San Francisco having not truly been tested just yet. Do you buy into that? And are you worried they might be peaking too soon? I'm not worried about peaking. Okay. 
I'm not. And there's still so much to, right. so much season left. There's like, what, 14 weeks left? Yeah, you've <laughs> so, played four games. You have, you 14, have 17 13 games. games to go. There's 18 weeks. You have yeah. still 14 weeks of the season left. Yeah, you're right. I'm not too worried about that. I... I, for one, have had week five circled since the schedule of course, came out. Everybody has. Like, that's going to be a gigantic game. And it's a little bit of a buzzkill that the, that the Cowboys lost to this Arizona team last week because it would have been great. <laughs> I mean, if you're just purely rooting for the Niners' interests, you want As a always. chance at the one seed, two seed, whatever. You want the Cowboys to have losses. You want the Eagles to have losses. But there's something about just a clean 4-0 versus a clean 4-0 in Sunday Night Football Week 5. Handing the Dallas Cowboys their first loss feels a lot that much, much better than their second loss. So to answer your question, I'm not worried about them peaking too early because it is still so early and there's so much that can happen over the course of a season. But I am interested, I'm curious to see how this offense looks against an elite defense. I still think Pittsburgh is a really good defense. Now today... Yep. C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryan's, and the wow. Texans. D'Amico. <laughs> they put up. I think they put up thirty on them today. I'm pretty sure. I, let me let me look at the numbers. I'm pretty sure they put up thirty Their against the Pittsburgh nice. Steelers. The today. red on red. Love that. Oh, the red helmets. They were awesome. Where is this game? The Cardinals jerseys it. today, though. The white on white look like Kmart discount Niners '94 throwbacks. Not you a didn't fan. Like them? Not a fan. I I was okay with them. It's like the Rams. We got bone white jerseys. No, you don't. You have white. What are we doing? But the Texans jerseys, ooh, the red helmet, the red jerseys, I love, love that. Well, let's see. I mean, I'm trying to find the game here. They, yeah, they put up 30, 30 to 6. The Steelers are over, or the, the Texans are over the Steelers. So maybe the, the defense isn't as good as we thought. I don't know. Well, they won them the game against the Browns single-handedly. Yeah. Like, the Pittsburgh defense is good. But I, I think the point is they're not Cowboys good, and the Cowboys have a more competent offense than the Steelers as well. They, I mean, I, I, it's, not, it's not a hot take at all. The, the Cowboys are by far the best team the Niners after week five. They'll Will be the best team the Niners have played yeah. so far this season. I'm not worried that the Niners are, are going to fall flat, that the Steelers are going to come into Levi's and win. I think it'll be a competitive game for sure. I mean, it was in the playoffs last year. Um, but I'm just curious to see what this Niners offense looks like specifically because they have been so good. Is this truly an elite offense, one of the best, perhaps the best in the NFL, or will they put up, I don't know, 21 points against a good defense? Not like that's a terrible output against an elite defense, but I'm just curious to see if this offense can still reach close to 30 against a really good defense. I mean, it's... If, if they put up 26 against Dallas, it's not, it's not like, oh, man. It's like it's pretty good. That's like 10th best in football. <laughs> it's not like it's it's a negative thing. But also, Brock Purdy today, one incompletion, he had two touchdowns. Brock Purdy had mm-hmm. more touchdowns than incompletions. That's insane. The fact that we're sitting here and, like, going into week five against Dallas – I would lean, like, if there's one team in football that's on the upper echelon of teams, your Kansas City, your Bills, your Dolphins, your Eagles, your Niners, and Cowboys, of all those teams, wouldn't Dallas be the one team you point to and say they would have this weird fall apart, Dak Prescott's really bad in the defense, plays awful game? Like, that, they feel like the one team that is more prone to be a fluke than everybody else. Well, it's interesting because of that group, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Josh (laughs) Allen, you have Tua, who maybe has fallen off that now, but entering the week was the MVP front runner, according to Vegas. And then you have Jalen Hurts, 
and then you have Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. So you have like three legit superstars, maybe the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. You can make the argument. An up-and-coming rising star in Tua who has an, an incredible offense. And Mike McDaniel, the, the Kyle Shanahan protege, leading the charge. And then you have Brock Purdy, who nationally there's still a lot of doubt around, obviously. But Niner fans here in San Francisco, in Northern California, have a lot of belief in Brock Purdy now. And then there's Dak Prescott, who's kind of been a lightning rod his entire career, who... As as often as he makes a great throw to C.D. Lamb, he made a great touchdown pass to C.D. Lamb. You know, today. coming into today, Dallas had thrown zero touchdowns to receivers all year. I do know. I have C.D. Lamb on my fantasy team. That's insane. <laughs> but he made a great throw. But then for every one of those throws he makes, he makes the interception he threw against the Cardinals to seal their loss last week. Where what are you looking? He throws it right at a linebacker over the middle part of the field, like. So that's where I think what your question comes in. You have superstar quarterback, Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, all of these guys. That's why those teams are fantastic and are really good and are some of the best in the league. And then you have the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, and you feel like CeeDee Lamb could play great. Tony Pollard can play great. Micah Parsons could have four sacks, force a fumble. The defense gives you a touchdown. But Dak Prescott could still lose you that game. Like That's, that's like the only quarterback in this league when, you, when you're talking about the elite teams or where you feel like the quarterback is a major question. Now, nationally, some people have that thought about Brock Purdy. Right. We don't really feel that way here anymore, I don't think. Maybe there's still some who feel that way. But it feels like Dak, Dak Prescott, I don't want to make this a pregame show for next week, but <laughs> it, it feels like Dak Prescott is the one quarterback in that group where you're like, eh. I'm a little worried that in the big moment, he's going to make a mistake that costs your team the game. See, but I feel like of those, I don't know, five, six teams, let's say it's three in each conference, Tua could be in the same conversation as Dak, albeit Maybe. Yeah, yeah. the ceiling's probably higher for Tua with the offense he's in. But it feels like that of all the teams, maybe not the Chiefs because Mahomes feels like he is the team, <laughs> that of all those teams, it does feel like that We've seen the Bills lose to the Zach Wilson-led Jets in prime time. And then they've been dominant since. Uh, no, no. <laughs> they just held How are you doing Miami. Too much, he scored no. 70 last week to <laughs> 20 today. But we've seen, even in one week, the Bill, even last year, the Bills are up for five, six weeks and Josh Allen and becomes one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks in football. Yep. We've seen Tua be really high, score 70 points, then do it. Throw a dud in Buffalo against a pretty good defense. But who do you have more faith in, Josh Allen or Dak Prescott? It's Josh well, Allen. Well, I Josh Allen, but my point more so is that it feels like that of all the teams in that grouping, it's only Philadelphia, Kansas City, and I could argue just Philadelphia and San Francisco that could overcome a bad quarterback day. Like it, if Mahomes, You're less reliant on if, the QB to, to win you a game. If Mahomes yeah. plays poorly, which is almost never going to happen. Don't count on it. The Chiefs are likely going to lose, Right. And it feels like if Dak plays poorly and Tua plays bad and Josh Allen plays bad, the other teams do not have enough around them to lift the team above that quarterback play. We're in San Francisco with the weapons they have here in this defense. And Philadelphia, which has a weaker defense than last year, but a really good offensive line. And Swift is killing it out there in Philadelphia on the running game. It feels like those two teams are the only ones that could pick the team up if the quarterback still plays poorly. Yeah, that's fair. I think I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, let's go back to the phone lines here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570. That's the number to call. It's also the Comcast Business text line. Up next is Nick in Berkeley. Nick is coming back home from Levi's. Nick, what would you think of the Niners' win today? You're on Overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Man, I think I think the Cardinals are a lot better than what people think they are, man. Because they they stretch our defense sometimes, man, and like that, they 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 beat us to the edge a lot, and they did those little swing passes and little crazy running plays that Wilson used to beat us all the time with in Seattle, man. I don't understand why we can't protect the flag. I don't understand for the life of me why on third and long you would let somebody get behind you. Okay, I mean, like, how if you're a DB or safety, it's third and long, and you let people get behind you. What is wrong with you? And then Shanahan. On top of that, man, he's like running, Cap, you know, Caffrey with like two minutes, three minutes left in the game. There's no need for that, bro. That's when other team is trying to twist his leg off. I'm like, to get him out the game, brother, like we're already whooping on him. But let me tell you something, man, Ayuk, all the people that was always talking trade talk with Ayuk, man, that man's routes are so cold. That's why Purdy was throwing it up right as he was making his break, and he was just running, looking up, and catching the ball, just dropping into his hands as he looked up. I mean, I haven't seen that in a long time, man. And that was pretty sick, man. That's like when you're out there on the street playing with your friends and all. he knows exactly where you're going. And he, Purdy drops dimes. He's doing a lot better than that cat in Philly right now who remain nameless. You know what I'm saying? So heights in the NFL don't mean nothing, man. It's what you're doing right now. The Niners are, man, I'm telling you, we are a train on the tracks. If you're on the tracks, you're about to get ran over. You don't want to be on our schedule right now because we're just going to manhandle you. And that's just how it's going down. And we ain't got to talk about it. Hey, and yeah. I, Good call, Nick. Yeah, I mean, taking shots at Jalen Hurts. Yeah, the cat in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, Brock Purdy's. Is it, he played better than Jalen Hurts so far? Is he better than him? No. Probably not. But right now, like the caller said, like Nick just said, yeah. I, th- I think if you said through four weeks, who is a better quarterback in your quarterback power rankings, Purdy has to be top six. You put Tua in there. You put maybe Josh Allen in there. You you put Mahomes in there, obviously, and, and probably forgetting somebody else. But Purdy's got to be in that five six range, right? Hurts has played fine, but it's not like they're playing amazing football in Philadelphia. All right, I'm going to. Oh, this is this gives it away. I was going to read both stat lines and have you guess who was who, but. Okay. The interceptions give it away because Brock Purdy hasn't thrown an interception and you would have picked up on it immediately. So I'm just going to tell you, this year, Jalen Hurts is completing 68% of his passes. He's thrown for just a shade under 1,000 through four games, 959, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Three interceptions this year for Jalen Hurts. Brock Purdy, meanwhile, so far this year, he's completing a a tick over 72% of his passes. So that's about 6% better than Jalen Hurts. He's thrown for more yards, 1,019 yards, just a little bit more, but he has thrown for more on fewer attempts, by the way. He's thrown the same number of touchdowns, five, and he has not thrown an interception. Now you might wonder, well, okay, what about What about the run game? Because Jalen Hurts is an incredible rushing quarterback. He scores touchdowns that way all the time. He's rushed for 134 yards this year and three touchdowns. That's pretty good for a quarterback. Brock Purdy has only rushed for 24 yards. But guess what? He's ran for two touchdowns on the ground. Brock Purdy. Now, I'm not saying that he's nearly as good of a runner as Jalen Hurts is. And I'm not saying that... I think Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. He's the Hurts. most mobile quarterback in football, Mark. Come on. Okay. <laughs> you're, just, you're, just, you're just getting grinding my gears now purposely. <laughs> I respect it, honestly. But the point is, 
so many Niner fans, people around the league, just like, well, the quarterback's not throwing for 300 yards. Yeah. He's not throwing the, enough touchdowns. we got to see him two per game and over 300 yards. The stats, the stats, the stats. That's the only thing standing between him and being, you know, a top 10, top 15 quarterback in the league. Statistically, he's been miles better than Jalen Hurts this year. Statistically. I feel like that might be more of a, a national media issue. Where, where they're not watching every single snap, every single... Like, they're going to see this game and say, oh my goodness, he was 20 for 21, and they'll eat that up. But in reality, this probably was Purdy's cleanest game, but I don't think it was his best game. I think, like, situationally... This year or in his career? This this year. What was his best game? Steelers game. Like, that score could have been 45 to nothing, or 45 to 10, whenever it was. Like, it felt like that in this game, they were in complete control from the get-go, and it was... Here, Christian McCaffrey, here's four touchdowns. I'm not, not knocking Purdy for it at all. But situationally, it never felt as if, besides maybe one drive, that he, not, not that he had to do much, but it felt like that there wasn't really a, a time and place you point to and say, well, Brock Purdy was just awesome at this point where they needed him in the clutch situation and he came through. Now, it's kind of a good thing. They didn't need that. No one's knocking him for not having to do those things because they won 35 to 16 and had control from the get-go. But it did feel like that against Pittsburgh or even against the Rams, he wasn't great in that game, but there was a situation in that game where go get me a touchdown, Brock Purdy, and he did so. And that, to me, is more impressive than being up 35-16 because your running back is playing an amazing game. I hear you. I, I think that this was his best game of the year. 20 for 21, 283, a touchdown, did not throw an interception, did not fumble the ball at all, also ran for a touchdown on the, the quarterback sneak at the one-yard line to seal the game. I think for Brock Purdy, what stands out to me, and I, and I just watched this game, think back to how I emotionally felt watching Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> even... Colin Kaepernick and, and Alex Smith and everything in between, which was nothing to write home about, and everything before those two as well. After, you know, Jeff Garcia, just a lot of mediocre at best quarterback He's play. He's a big Cody Pickett guy. <laughs> everything <laughs> beyond those guys, like, I mean, obviously, everything post Steve Young, really post Jeff Garcia, it's been at times difficult to watch. And my, like, overarching emotion watching those guys is I'm nervous. Yeah. Like something's going to go wrong. This guy's going to throw an interception and it's going to be the final blow and, and the team's going to lose as a Everything result. Everything has to be perfect around them to win. Yes. And as we get further along in this Brock Purdy era, the emotion I get when watching him, it's just calmness. Yeah. It's trust. It's like Oh, he missed that throw. It wasn't perfect. Okay, but guess what? He didn't turn the ball over. And he made the right read. And he found the right guy. It didn't work. Okay, the throw was a yard too far. He'll get it next time. That is the worst thing that Brock Purdy does, is throws an incompletion. And it has been so long as a 49er fan to where that's been your overarching feeling watching a quarterback. It isn't always the most flashy. He's not Lamar Jackson and spinning away from five tackles and extending the play and racing down the field for 27 yards and getting into the end zone and flipping over a defender into the end zone for a touchdown. He's not doing that. But what is he doing? He's making the right play over and over and over and over and over again. And watching him play football, I just can't help 
but have just calmness wash over me because I trust this dude for some reason. He's barely been in the league, but I trust him. He's proven it to me. He's earned my trust. He's earned Kyle Shanahan's trust. That's my overarching feeling watching Brock Purdy play football. I trust him that he's going to do what's right. I haven't felt that way about a Niners quarterback maybe in my entire life. Which is funny because that's the feeling you usually have when you have an elite quarterback where you know every situation, it's likely going to go in your favor and your quarterback is going to make a play to secure a win, get a first down, or ice the game. Brock Purdy, by physical traits-wise, is not one of those players. And it almost feels wrong to feel this way. Because he doesn't look like the prototypical quarterback. He doesn't look like the 6'5", 6'4", again, 220 pounds, run through you, run around you. He's only made 12 starts. And throw it over you kind of guy. It feels like that Brock Purdy, like, this still shouldn't be happening. It really should not be happening, but it is. And it feels weird. It's like, when is it going to run out? But in the reality of it, I don't feel like it really ever is. Now, they'll lose the game eventually, and you hope it's in week... I don't know, 10, not the end of the road in, the, you know, the, in January or, or out there in, in February. But it feels like that this thing can continue for weeks and weeks and weeks, and you hope months and months and months. And right now, Brock Purdy's playing like it might. He's given you nothing to believe otherwise at this point, for sure. All right, time for one final break here on Overtime. We've got 30 minutes left. If you want to join the show, 888-957-9570. It's also the Comcast Business Text Line. 30 more minutes on Overtime with Grandy and Sterling. More coming up after this on 95.7 The Game. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The Niner are train on the track. If you're on the track, you're about to get ran over. You don't want to be on our schedule right now because we're just going to manhandle you, and that's just how it's going down. We ain't got to talk about it. Now, back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett, Alan Stiles, and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Overtime continues. One final segment here after the 49ers week four victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Final score 35 to 16. Another dominant win. This one by 19 points for the 49ers over the Arizona Cardinals. Mark Randy and Sterling Bennett with you. No Alan Styles today. He'll be back with us a week from tonight when the Niners take on the Dallas Cowboys Sunday night football overtime as always right when the game ends. And if it's a blowout like today was, a little bit before the game ends, tune on in to 95-7 the game for overtime. It'll be myself, Alan Styles, and Sterling Bennett next week post-Niners-Cowboys. Uh, but Sterling, a 35-16 to win for the Niners today. We've 
discussed this game ad nauseum already. If you want to get in, it's your last chance. 888-957-9570 is the number to call. McCaffrey, incredible four touchdowns. Uh, Brock Purdy threw one incompletion. Brandon Ayuk was a, a big play monster today. Nearly 150 yards through the air. He was incredible. Uh, really difficult to, to to just pick out one or two guys. There were so many stars in this performance today. The, the defense wasn't phenomenal, but only gave up 16 points. The score 35 points. You didn't put together your best four quarters, uh, but you still you, you came out with a divisional win at home. You're 4-0. Life is good if you're a Niners fan. What's the best game San Francisco has played so far this year? <sighs> Giants last week on Thursday Night Football, home opener. Pittsburgh week I, one. I think on you road. can make a case for all of them except for the Rams game. Okay. Honestly. All of them, but the Rams. I think so. Okay. What do you think? I mean, the Rams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you gave up twenty three. You were down late in the first half. It was seventeen to ten before you got the touchdown in the final second of the first half to tie it up. That was a little more nerve wracking. But you were on the road against a divisional opponent. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, the way that they came out in Pittsburgh to start the season <laughs> that was special. I think that's the game I would pick, but. We talk about them coming out hot against Pittsburgh. They have three straight scoring drives of 21 straight points against the Cardinals today. Literally perfect through three drives. Yes, but again, that, that Pittsburgh game where you're on the road playing a better defense, that pass rush, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Rain, or previous defensive player of the year, which you just got Nick Bosa back. Is Brock Purdy's arm going to hold up? How's the elbow? Where's the arm strength? And it feels like that. <laughs> at that moment, there are so many questions of, you know, how good can this team really be? And they were like, here's 30 points. Here's 30 more points. Oh, week three, here's 30 points. This week, here's 35 points. It feels like that maybe as, maybe as a whole, this may have been their best game, offense and defensively. Scoring 35 points, McCaffrey's four touchdowns. It felt like it may have been, I don't want to say the one game that you kind of guarantee to win, where against the Giants, short week, divisional opponent against the Rams in week two, you're going to come in, you know, banged up, you're bruised, you got no IUK. This game felt like, well, everyone's healthy, besides Juwan Jennings and Elijah Mitchell, you should win this game. And San Francisco from the jump felt like they were going to win the game and they did come out and with firepower and again score 21 points on their first three drives yeah they were great and you can make an argument that this was the best team performance i wouldn't necessarily argue with you it's up there it was certainly christian mccaffrey's best performance 106 yards on the ground 71 through the air so 177 all-purpose yards four total touchdowns three on the ground one through the air and we started overtime here today by wondering if it's fair to kick off the Christian McCaffrey MVP campaign. I think we both agreed, yes, if he keeps this up, he's 100% going to be in the conversation. Nick Bosa, Ooh. star defensive player for the 49ers, reigning defensive player of the year, was asked that question. Should McCaffrey be in the MVP conversation? Here's what he said. Of course, yeah. Um, whenever he's out there, it's, it changes everything with... Um, his ability to catch the ball and obviously run. Um, I told him after today, uh, he was sitting in front of me at the NFL Honors, and hopefully I'm sitting in front of him and congratulating him. <laughs> I love Nick, but just... <laughs> man, a few words. <laughs> I can't help but laugh whenever I hear him talk. Of course, yeah. 
It feels like the gears are just grinding in his head, <laughs> trying to get words out. And I love Nick Bosa, obviously one of the best players in football. But with the media, it feels like he knows he has to do it. And he's just like, yeah, score points, I play football, and I go out there and get sacks. And yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Chris McCaffrey, MVP, yeah, go, go, yay team. You're like, okay, I'm like, thanks, Nick. Next guy. <laughs> All he needs is two questions. How did you feel you played today? How the offense play? Goodbye, yeah. Nick. That's really it. But Nick, oh, then Nick Bosa. What did Christian McCaffrey think of his performance today? He was asked about uh, hurdling a defender on his 18-yard touchdown run. Ooh. He had four touchdowns in the game. This is McCaffrey talking about that play and, and his game as a whole. I think it's, you know, it, it's pretty instinctual. Yeah, I don't think you, you don't plan those things. And so um, I love football. You can just go out there and be completely free. You know, obviously you got an assignment to do and a track and reads. But after that, it's just let it flow and play with instincts. Be free, right? That's, I mean, this offense is just allowing all of their playmakers freedom. And it it's I think this goes back to what you said earlier, where everyone is kind of playing with one mind. Everyone knows where everyone's going to be. It's just clicking right now. And it gives these players the ability to be free, to not really think about that sort of thing. And when you have that kind of mental freedom, I think it unlocks them and it allows you to be more, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but allows you to be more confident certainly in your team's ability and it seems like that's a level that McCaffrey has reached with the 49ers that he was never afforded in Carolina except for maybe a couple of years early in his career because Cam Newton Cam, yeah. Cam Newton was incredible when he was at the peak of his powers but for the vast majority of his career he hasn't really ever been in an offense where he is given as much freedom both by his own team and by defensive teams but you know, opposing teams by defense is because in Carolina he's the number one threat. <laughs> Everyone is focused on stopping McCaffrey, and he still had fantastic seasons: one thousand on the ground, one thousand through the air. The first since Roger Craig to do that. But with this offense, he's just reaching a different level, and it's it's so fun to watch. If I asked you, who are the players with six hundred plus scrimmage yards and seven plus touchdowns in his team's first games of the season, who would you say? Three guys. This year? No, just all time. Okay, say, say the numbers again. 600-plus scrimmage yards and seven touchdowns in his team's first four games of a season. Okay, well, it's got to be McCaffrey this year. McCaffrey's one of them. I have no clue. Emm like, Emmett Smith, 1995. So I imagine Derrick Henry never did it. Nope. Jim Brown. That's it? Just three guys. I was going to guess Barry Sanders. Two wow. of them Hall of Famers. Jim Brown, Emmitt Smith. You can argue both of them being, if not the best running backs of all time, the best running backs of their generation by far. Emmitt Smith, all-time leading rusher. Exactly. Chris McCaffrey's in that category through four games this year. <laughs> now, that pace may not keep up, but right now, Chris McCaffrey, if we're handing out gold jackets in week four, put it on, my friend. Put it on. <laughs> Unanimous. Honestly, like... Right now, Chris McCaffrey, it's hard to imagine anyone ever playing at a Jim Brown level, Emmett Smith level in this day and age without running backs are used. Two years and you're, we're done with you. you know, three years and we're done with you. Chris McCaffrey, I don't know, what is he, 27 years old, 28 years old, been in the NFL since 2017. What is 27. This? So seventh year in football, sixth year in football. He might be the best version of himself he's ever been. Now, that goes into coaching, how they're utilizing him. But it's not like Shanahan's you know, telling him where to go on the ground. He's finding holes where it seems like there's no holes. He's 
he is the ultimate X factor. Christian McCaffrey through four games is on par with Hall of Fame record-setting running backs. Insane. Just incredible what he's done through four games this year. Another potential future Hall of Famer, Nick Bosa, was asked again about Christian McCaffrey and if he knew McCaffrey was this good before he became his teammate, before last year, before this four-game run for Christian McCaffrey this season. This is Nick Bosa on his star teammate, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I actually was talking about this with the D-line. As a D-line, I don't give too much respect to running backs usually just because of how well we've played the run since we've been here. But um, but I think my mind has changed on that a little bit. There's definitely some guys in the league that you have to really uh, prepare for, and he's most definitely one of them. So Christian McCaffrey is so good that he's changed Nick Bosa's mind about giving running backs credit. <laughs> yeah, I generally don't give running backs credit because uh, we do a great job shutting them down. But uh, Christian well, and, McCaffrey. And overall, since Bosa's been here in relation Shanahan's been here, it's been a running back by committee. You plug in someone, that guy gets hurt, the next guy comes and does the exact same thing. Brita, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman. Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, exactly. But now it's like, no, no, no you have one of the best, if not the best running back <laughs> in football. And Nick Bosa sitting back saying, man, like we have undervalued the running back position. That's incredible for a defensive player of the year candidate and winner last year saying, you know what? Chris McCaffrey has changed my mind as to how I view running backs in football. He's so good. And his head coach, Kyle Shanahan, was asked about him after the game as well. A similar question that was just asked of Nick Bosa. Hey, Kyle, could you possibly have imagined that this guy McCaffrey was going to be this good when you acquired him? You hope so. I mean, you know he's that good of a player just watching him and stuff. Um, I mean, I think the whole league does. But then when, then when you get someone, or when you're around him personally, then you realize how much better he is just because of the intangibles that he has and really his whole makeup and how he works each week and how he prepares for a season from what he's been doing us with us in OTAs all the way till now. I mean, he's as much of a professional as I've been around. And um, in order to make trades, you, you usually have to give a little bit more to get people. And then there's always a risk that they won't work out. There's injuries in this league. There's tons of stuff. But um, what you like to do is know who the guy you're betting on. And he's a dude that I think everyone would bet on. So... Yeah, everyone would bet on him, and it was a pretty safe bet. I mean, since he's starting games for the 49ers, he scored at least one touchdown in every single game. He's, I mean, I think for those of you into the betting market, I think he was like minus 225 to score a touchdown today, which you have to bet $225 to make $100 off of it. It's a very heavy favorite, very likely that he's going to score a touchdown. That is like unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> Most touchdown scoring bets are plus money, meaning you get more to win than you had to risk. Not for Christian McCaffrey. That's how good he was. He didn't score once. He didn't score twice. He didn't score three times. He scored four freaking touchdowns today, Sterling. There's very little guarantees in life. One of them, the sun might come up tomorrow, right? The moon's going to shine at nighttime. And the third one is Christian McCaffrey is going to have 100 plus yards through the air, on the ground, and one touchdown per De game. Death, taxes, and McCaffrey oh, dominating. Honestly, yes. Death, taxes, and CMC. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. That is what it He's is. so good. He's incredible. I mean, and he makes it... I, I don't think effortless is the right word because he was taking big hits. Yeah. I do get scared, though, whenever he pops up. Like, his knees have to be the strongest knees ever. His quads. You know like, what, what uh, frightens me a little bit? He always tends to fall forward, and mm -hmm. I've noticed this. He has a tendency of falling 
forward so much that he lands on his head when he falls forward. <laughs> like the, don't land awkwardly. Don't have someone land on you and you know push your head, bend your neck. Like I'm. I mean, he's so good. He's so important. He's so valuable that every time he goes down, it's kind of like Debo Samuel. Debo yeah. Samuel is to an extreme because it takes like eight players to tackle him, and he takes a big hit because he delivers a big hit every time he has the ball. But with McCaffrey, every touch, one, it's like, oh, my God, he's going to break this for a touchdown, isn't he? <laughs> but then it's also like, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. That's how just good he is and at the same time how important he is to this offense. Debo Samuel got three touches today. You talk about MVP McCaffrey, MVP CMC. Do you worry that once Debo gets healthy and Brendan Ayuk's back to 100% health and Kittle gets involved in the offense that – Chris McCaffrey's campaign for MVP might take a hit because of the offense he plays in. Kind of like how Purdy's knocked down because of the offense he plays in where you can't give the guy too much credit because they're playing so well because it's the Kyle Shanahan offense. I I understand that. I'm not sure I would worry about it. I don't really care all that much about whether or not he wins MVP. But if you were like, oh, I have a Christian McCaffrey to win MVP <laughs> bet lined up, like, yeah, I'd be a little bit worried. I think the Niners will eventually get to a point I'm surprised they honestly haven't done it a little bit more. And I, I think it was a point from one of our callers. Yeah. I forget exactly who it was wanting Kyle Shanahan to, to give McCaffrey fewer touches throughout the game. I mean, today, 20 carries, eight targets, seven catches. So 27 opportunities today. That's the most he's had in a game this year. He had 25 carries and catches week one, 23, week two, 23, week three, 27 here today. Um, that's maybe an area where as the 49ers continue to space themselves out from everyone in the NFC West, maybe they build a lead in the NFC as a whole. I think that is an area where perhaps you'll see Kyle Shanahan move away from it. Maybe he would have more today if Elijah Mitchell was available. That's also a factor in this. J.P. Mason got the backup running back snaps today. He had three carries for 10 yards. I also had one catch for 13 yards uh, in that first half. He was decent when called upon, but maybe part of it today specifically was just because their preferred RB2 was out in Elijah Mitchell. It almost feels like every game it's someone else, but the consistent is Christian McCaffrey, where Ayuk's great in this game. Well, then it's Debo. Then Kittle has a game, but Chris McCaffrey is <laughs> always right there every time. You're like, man, 85 yards, two touchdowns, uh, you know, 100 yards, whatever it is. It feels like that, you know, Shanahan's picking and choosing. Oh, Ayuk's going to have a good game. Debo fits the game plan here. Well, Kittle, you know, those linebackers stink. We're going to use him a lot. And he's like, you know what, McCaffrey, here's 20 carries guaranteed every single game. Well, yeah, I mean, it's McCaffrey and then a rotating, like, <laughs> like a merry-go-round for the others. All right, it's your turn, your turn, your right. turn. Like, it's McCaffrey's the consistent. He's the constant. He's always going to get you that. Oh, last week, Debo, it was your turn. Go out and dominate the Giants, right? Dominate those those two rookie cornerbacks. Just run over them <laughs> 24-7. This week, oh, it's it's Ayuk's turn. Maybe next week against the Cowboys, it'll be George Kittle's turn. You never know. But you're right. It does feel like you're at a point with Christian McCaffrey after the number of games that he's played with the 49ers where if he doesn't get you 80 on the ground, 20 through the air, you're a little shocked. That's how good he's been. Are you worried about Debo's knee injury? Mm, I mean, I'm always a little bit worried about Debo yeah. injuries in general because that's just how physical he is. This one doesn't really scare me all that much. He played today. The fact that he played. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, uh, similar to McCaffrey, I think the Niners will have the ability 
at some points during the stretch of the season to do things like today with Debo where you can just have him available and give him a handful of touches, but you don't feel the need to overwork him. Uh, So I think the Niners do have that playing in their favor. It's something that they can rely on when they have so many weapons offensively. They can kind of not necessarily game plan away from someone, but if they feel like they might not need a vintage Debo game, they could probably survive against a lot of teams without it. But it does feel like that their schedule is only, only going to get harder. Yeah. Right? They have the Cowboys and the Browns who have an amazing defense out there in Cleveland. The Vikings are a little wishy-washy right now. Then you have the Bengals who are not playing great football. Then you have Jacksonville off the bye week, which they you like to think will bounce back and be themselves of last year. Tampa Bay's a good defense, and you got Seattle, Philadelphia, Seattle. And I know we have a season ahead of us. A lot can happen, a lot can change. We've already seen Nick Chubb go down and Trevon Diggs go down, and you hope no one gets hurt on this team. But it kind of feels like that San Francisco's 4 0. We're happy. But looking forward, it's not going to get any easier. And I have plenty of faith they'll beat Dallas and they'll be 8 0 to begin the year. But I, I think they'll be 8 0. They're better, better than Minnesota. Whoa. They're better than Dallas. They're better than Cleveland. They're better than the Bengals. I can argue outside of one team, they're better than every single team they're going to play on their schedule. 8 0. You're already locking it in, huh? I mean, why not? Dallas, favorites. Browns, favorites. Vikings, favorites. Bengals, favorites. Jaguars, favorites. Buccaneers, favorites. Seattle favorites. What are you saying, 11 and 0? I'm just saying that this team could be <laughs> at that point. Now, again, are they going to have a perfect season? Oh, undefeated. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just saying that right now, through a month of the season, with us saying they're the best team in football, look the most dominant, that when you're schedule watching, which isn't always the perfect you know, formula to use in picking wins and losses, San Francisco has one team on their schedule that... You can point to and say, that game bothers me or that game could scare me. And even that game itself against Philadelphia, week 13 on the road, I could say I'd pick San Francisco if Philadelphia continues to struggle or continues to kind of meander their way through the season. Yeah, maybe. I won't argue with you there. Getting a little ahead of yourself. Of course I am. <laughs> because we're going to Super Bowl. We're going to win. <laughs> I d- I do think the other part here when you're talking about usage and, and potentially overworking someone, I do think it was a... A major, major key for the Niners to get off to a hot start this year. And be healthy. And, and be healthy 100%. But, I mean, last year, the last two years, they made the NFC Championship game. Slow starts. Yeah. And they still made the NFC Championship game. So, I think the Niners have put an extra emphasis maybe on the first month of the season. Not saying they're going to you know, take their foot off the gas pedal or anything. But all I'm saying is I think they had incentive to try to pull out all the stops in the first four, five, maybe even six weeks of the season because they knew this is where they struggled in past seasons. And it kind of put them behind the eight ball, specifically two years ago. They barely made the playoffs. If they had even a decent start to the season last year, now I know there were some weird circumstances with quarterback injuries, but if they had a decent start to last season, they would have been the one seed in the NFC instead of the two. You would have had the bye. The NFC title game would have been at home. Who knows how things change? So I think the Niners extra extra motivation to start really strong this year and they have now we'll see how it goes the rest of the year but but on top of that though if they if seattle loses tomorrow you now have given yourself a two-game lead in the division not only are you two games ahead of them being 4-0 and then being 2-2 two and two, you're also 2-0 in the division itself yeah so if you lose a game here or there you're not going to end your season or put yourself behind the eight ball and you're still healthy it feels like san francisco through one month, through four games that put themselves in a perfect position to not only win the NFC West, but maybe win the entire NFC.
Yeah, and their eyes are on more than just winning the of NFC. Like, they want the one seed in the NFC. The bye is so incredibly valuable in the playoffs. And now that's only one team gets the bye in, in the playoffs, it becomes even more valuable. So we'll see how it all does play out over the next uh, you know handful of months as we uh, continue through the NFL season. But before we get out of here on overtime on 95-7 the game, we got to hand out our game balls. Um, the obvious one is Christian McCaffrey, 177 all-purpose yards and four total touchdowns. I'll just say that one to get it out of the way as a group, and, <laughs> and we can each give out a game ball uh, from there moving on. I guess I'll take the other obvious one, Brock Purdy. I'd argue this is his best game of the season, 20 for 21 through the air, 283 yards, did not turn the ball over, only took one sack, threw for one touchdown, rushed for one more on a QB sneak to kill the game, to ice the game down the stretch. He gets my game ball. Again, 20 for 21, 283 and a touchdown, one more on the ground, no interceptions. For me, best game of the season Brock Purdy was today. It's hard not to take Brandon Ayuk. I mean, Brock Purdy was great today, really good, strong game. Brandon Ayuk having the shoulder injury. How is he going to fare? How is he going to look? He didn't miss a beat. Six catches, 148 yards through the air, 24, almost 25 yards. Didn't find the end zone. Come on, Brandon. But three catches over 25 yards, the longest being 42. But, Uh you know, me being a trickster, I'm going defense. I'm going to pick two players, mainly linebackers. Oh, I am. Sorry. (laughs) Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. They were so good in the first half. They, oh. We talk about swarming. That, that's, that's the motto, right? These two guys hunt. They swarm. They were tasked with stopping Joshua Dobbs' running ability. For a better half, they did. Stopping James Conner again, the fourth leading rusher in football coming into this game. They did. For a team that has burners like Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz is a veteran tight end and Michael Wilson getting two touchdowns today. Over the middle was almost non-existent for a quarterback like Josh Dobbs, who in an offense like Arizona's, they work the middle of the field and say, like Brock Purdy to a certain extent, feed your stars, feed your stars. Fred Warner and Trey Greenlaw almost took his stars away. Game balls, cut it in half. <laughs> One side laces go to Warner, and the other side goes to Dre Greenlaw. Those are my game balls for the day. And they both had 10 tackles in total. The next highest was a couple of players tied with five, so more than double the tackles of everyone else across the, the defense. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, they were fantastic. As always, for the 49ers, you add it all up, and you get a 35-16 to 16 win for the San Francisco 49ers over the Arizona Cardinals. The Niners are now 4-0. They stay perfect. One of two 4-0 teams in the NFL. The Niners and the Philadelphia Eagles. That's last year's NFC Championship game. Participants, 4-0 Niners. Cardinals fall to 1-3. and All right, that'll do it for overtime here on this Sunday. We're back in... Uh, almost exactly a week. It's at halftime right now in the Sunday night game. We'll be back on air right after Niners and Cowboys Sunday night football. It'll be myself, Grandy Sterling, and Alan Stiles. For now, though, this is Mark Randy signing off. Make sure you're locked and loaded early tomorrow morning. Spadoni has you covered on the pregame show from 5 to 6. The morning roast after that, 6 to 10. And then Stiney and Goo, 10 to 2. Willard and Dibs from 2 to 6 for a Victory Monday, a monster Monday on 95.7 The Game. For now, though, thanks so much for tuning in and have a fantastic rest of your Sunday evening. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.